Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. We've been in a series on the Holy Spirit. If you're just catching up, this would be week four in the series that we've been doing. Uh, how many of you have enjoyed this and maybe learned something new about the Holy Spirit that you didn't remember or know about or think about in the past? And, and we, began, uh, we began the series talking about the kingdom of heaven. And the, in the, kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, God reigns. And God created earth for you and I to be like kings, to rule and reign on earth. He's given us dominion. He's given us territory to take. If you want to think of it this way, heaven is the kingdom, earth is the colony. And the kingdom of heaven from the throne of God sends the Holy Spirit like a governor into the colony territory, into the colony to help govern it. And the goal is not for the people, not for the people to teach the governor the ways of this place, but for the governor to teach the people of this place the ways of the kingdom of God. That way that earth begins looking more like heaven. And Jesus said, let heaven come. We sang it today, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What, what is that? That's bringing the kingdom of heaven down to the earth. And when I was praying for this message uh, this week, the word that kept coming up again was that there's some people here, God is calling you in this season to take greater spiritual territory than you've ever taken in the past. There's areas that you've walked in, now God's calling you to step in. You might have walked in this area casually, God's calling you now to step into this area with the authority of heaven. You might have just walked past this area of your life nonchalantly. God's telling you, no, now I want you to attach the purpose of the kingdom of heaven with that area. In that area, sometimes it looks like the mundane. That area sometimes looks like you're just doing laundry. It looks like sometimes you're just changing diapers of the babies at home, moms, right? Sometimes it looks like I'm just going to work. I don't understand. I don't feel a connection to what I do. I don't feel a call. I don't feel a sense of purpose, but God is challenging you in this season to take territory and you take territory by attaching the purposes of God and the kingdom of heaven to what he's put you here on earth to do. Amen. Doubt tries to creep in though. Doubt is created in the eyes. Faith is created in the ears. That's why it's so important to not just hear the word of God, but to repeat the word of God and hear the word of God and repeat the word of God and don't look at your circumstances around you and, and take that as the, the, the change of the climate, how it's going. No, no matter what we see, we declare the things of God. No matter if you don't see the healing, we keep speaking the healing. No matter if you don't see the breakthrough, we keep praying and believing for break- breakthrough. No matter what you see, you don't base your faith on what you see, We base our faith on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Doubt is is when you don't see what you hear. Faith takes hold of the unseen by partnering with the word of God and we speak the word of God over that situation and as we declare the things of God, we begin to create that which we hear from heaven. Amen. So my hope is that today as we get into the word of God, that faith is going to rise. And we've been stewing, stewarding the word of the Lord for the year over this house, which has been foundations. 
the word of the Lord's foundation is, is building an unshakable faith. And we felt like that was the word that God gave us, that this was going to be a year for our church that we would build a foundation, the foundations of an unshakable life. The good news is that if it's a word of the Lord for this house and you're part of it, that means it's the word of the Lord for your house. So God is helping you lay a brand new foundation in this season. And we had three key objectives that we began the year with. And this was, this was kind of the marching orders from heaven, if you will, that we would all develop a thriving prayer life, hence the daily prayer card, hence the prayer challenge, that we would all develop a, a thriving prayer life. You know, the, the type of prayer life where you feel like, man, I went into my prayer closet one way and I left a different. I didn't just get up from my knees just going about my day. No, I got up when I felt like I was 10 feet tall and bulletproof. You know what I mean? I, I didn't get up just going through the prayer card. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I have it memorized because I was a good Catholic boy, sort of. God doesn't want you just to go through it like a mantra and then get up and go, I prayed. No, he wants to encounter you. When you have that daily encounter, that becomes that thriving prayer life. And the second area, the second objective was understanding of doctrine and theology. There's a lot of winds of doctrine that are out there. And unfortunately, many of them are based on the teachings of men, not the teachings of God. And I don't want to follow just the teachings of men and there's some great teachers that are out there, but you need to know why you believe what you believe, and you need to go into the Bible. Even whatever is preached up here by me or anybody else, go into your Bible, you read it, you double check, you fact check it, be a fact checker, <laughs> a real one, be a fact checker. Don't let the biases of the flesh try to get in there. You get in and read. What does the Word of God say about this area? And the third area was that we would all be activated in ministry. Can I just tell you, the creative arm of God that activates you in ministry, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit activates us in ministry. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do things that you couldn't do on your own. So we've been talking about the person, the power, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and we're gonna continue. And unfortunately, this is an area in the body of Christ that there's been conflict on. A lot of us agree on, on some of the main things, right? We're saved in Jesus. We believe in water baptism. But then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it uh, gets a little fuzzy. Why does it get fuzzy? Because some people base their, their doctrine on experiences, not on the Word of God. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God today the different baptisms of the Bible. So the question is, what are the baptisms in the Bible? Baptisms, yes, I'm saying baptisms, that's plural. If you read Hebrews chapter six, we're not gonna go there now, but if you go through and read in Hebrews chapter six, it talks about the elementary teachings. And it lists out a bunch of things that according to the writer of Hebrews, like this is elementary. Like this is, this is basic education when it comes to doctrine and the things of God. And one of the things that is listed in the book of Hebrews chapter six is the baptisms, the doctrine of baptisms, plural. Not one, but plural. So we're gonna go through and we're gonna discuss this today. And I just want you to think about this. The, 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 one, the, the, the one who explains this book to us, the, the one who guides us, leads us, the one who corrects us when we need correcting, the one who 
counsels us is the Holy Spirit. If, if you were Satan and you wanted to remove the power of God from the earth and from the believers, it, it's so smart of him. He's such a sly dog that he comes with his lies and he tries to trip people up so that they will not walk in the power of the Holy Spirit based on preconceived notions or teachings or something they saw or that they didn't understand and they never dove into the scriptures on. So their life, they might live for Jesus their whole lives. Yes, they're going to heaven. But man, the power that they could have walked in had it been attached to the Holy Spirit, they would have achieved even more of the potential that God had for them. And so I want to challenge us all to lean into the Holy Spirit. Don't resist them, right? In Acts chapter 7, Stephen rebukes the religious leaders of that day. And, and he tells them, he goes, you guys are resisting the Holy Spirit just like your fathers. You guys always do that. No, we don't want to be those people. We want to be people that receive the Holy Spirit, that invite the Holy Spirit. So what are the baptisms of the Bible? So there's a pattern in Scripture that you see where one generation declares the work of God to the next. So you have people, pastors, leaders, teachers, spiritual leaders that would declare and impart things into the next generation. Fathers imparting into their children. Mothers imparting into their children. And so you see this pattern. And quite honestly, everything that I'm going to share today, um, I'd love to tell you that I came up with it all, just me and the Holy Spirit, but it's not. I've been walking with God for over 25 years now, and I've had some incredible pastors, teachers, leaders speak into my life, and I'm just ripping all their best stuff from my pastor, Pastor Wendell Smith, my pastor, Pastor Fred Crop, to another pastor, Pastor Robert Morris of Gateway Church. Like these guys have spoke into my life over the last 25 years and taught me, and I'm gonna be able to share some of those insights to you today based on the scriptures. So we're gonna go through some things, but uh, you know, one, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the, one of the doctrines that are out there is there's only one baptism. And, 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 and they base that, they hang that doctrine off of one scripture out of Ephesians chapter four, verse five. And, and in that, it's talking about there's, there's one baptism. Well, what's that talking about? That, that baptism, actually, we're gonna unpack it a little bit today. That baptism was being baptized into Christ, baptized into the church. So let me give you the three baptisms and then we're gonna unpack these today. So I'm gonna kind of give you the answers in the back of the book and then we're gonna unpack it, okay? So the three baptisms that you'll see in the New Testament, we're gonna unpack it today, is number one, there is the baptism into the body of Christ. That's what Ephesians 4 is talking about, that there you're baptized into one baptism, that's the body of Christ. So as believers, we're baptized into the body of Christ. The second baptism, which all of us would agree on, is the baptism of water. And you're baptized in water by whom? By another disciple. And then the third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go through some different things quickly. If you're taking notes, try to keep up. Okay, so number one, the first baptism is that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one what? Body. It's talking about the body of Christ. When you got saved, you, you came to the Lord, you were drawn by the Holy Spirit, you said yes, you, re, you received Jesus, you put your faith in Jesus, and you, at that moment, you, be, you are baptized into the body of Christ. Now, we think water baptism, so you're like, I don't, that doesn't look like baptism to me. 
and, and we're going to unpack this a little bit more, but that's literally what happens, that all the generations that have gone before you for 2,000 years that came to know Christ, all the believers, billions of believers all around the world that profess Jesus as Lord, you now are part of that family. You're part of a new spiritual family. As a pastor, it pains me when I see children of God living like an orphan because they won't submit and commit to a body, a local body, a local expression. And if you're, if you're here today and you're a guest, you're visiting, what have you, I encourage you, check us out. I'm happy to talk doctrine, answer questions you might have, but I want to encourage you, you need to be planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. If you're constantly replanted, you're like that tree that kind of grows, but man, you just don't have the fruit on it that you could have had if you just got planted and rooted. So baptism, we went through this a few weeks ago. Baptism comes from the word baptizo. It's the Greek word. It says to immerse, submerge, to cleanse by dipping or submerging to wash to make clean with water so when you accept Christ you are baptized into the family of God and that brings us to the second baptism which is that the disciple baptizes you in water so this is the second baptism so who who baptizes you in water a disciple does okay go back to the first one who baptizes us into Christ the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit draws us, baptizes us, brings us together. That's why you can meet believers all around the world. And as soon as they find out you're a believer, there's a sense, there's a sense of, of, of you have this common thread. You, you have, you, there's, there's this connection. It's like a distant cousin that you didn't know you had, right? You, you know, but, but a good one, not the one you don't want to invite to 4th of July, but actually the one you want to be around, right? And so the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. The second one, a disciple now baptizes us into water. Everybody, you know this scripture, Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore, this is Jesus talking, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Pause, let me just show you a couple things here when you're looking through the scriptures. So go there, make disciples of all nations, okay? If you're a disciple, you're a follower of Christ. You're following his teachings, all right? That's the first baptism. Baptized into the body of Christ. The second, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who is that? That is the name of Jesus. That's the water baptism. Who, who baptizes? The disciples baptize, all right? So if the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ, if disciples baptize us in water, the question is, who baptizes us then in the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Number three, Jesus baptized us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now just pause. I just want, I want to show you a scripture. If this is new to you, if you've never heard this teaching or, or received this revelation, I just want to show you something. I just want you to think about the practicality of, of God. You know, God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Some people think of God as Father, Son, and Holy Bible. <laughs> there is a Holy Spirit, okay? And, and you see the threes all throughout scriptures, okay? So, so Matthew 3.11 says this. John the Baptist is talking. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who's John talking about? Jesus, exactly. So John's saying, I'm, I baptize you with water, okay? And we were down at Pirate's Cove a few weeks ago, and we were part of 
250 churches, and there was over 4,000 people that were water baptized over the course of four and a half hours. Okay, it was just boom, one after another. It's glorious, right? We were baptizing them in water. But John, who's he talking about? Jesus. And what does he say Jesus is going to do? That Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. And by the way, when it says the Holy Spirit and fire, that's actually, the, the fire is actually judgment. So there's the judgment seat of Christ. It's different. We're not going to go there today. But that, that's talking about the, the fire. So for, for you, he's baptizing you with the Holy Spirit. To the people that don't believe in him, they'll be baptized in fire. So the three baptism side, let's throw that up there again and let's just take a look at it. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. The disciple baptizes us in water. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And I just want to challenge you for a second because all four Gospels mention the Holy Spirit. All four Gospels actually reference the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know this, but the first three Gospels are looked at, they're viewed, they're called the Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic meaning they got one, they got one side, they kind of focus on these key common areas, areas of the life of Christ. This Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record it. In fact, if you, if you read those first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they actually focus primarily on the birth of Christ and then the last year of the ministry of Christ. Where John, when he wrote his gospel, he went back and he focused on the birth. Yes, we read it like every Christmas, right? Um, he focused on the birth, yes, but then he actually took time and then he broke down other areas of ministry in the other years of Jesus' life. So I just want to share with you one of the scriptures out of the gospel of John that we haven't referenced yet. John one thirty three, John one thirty three. he's John, the, uh, the disciple, is, the apostle, is talking about John the Baptist. And so John, he's quoting, John the Baptist said, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me. This is John the Baptist's words, talking about Jesus. He said, I didn't, I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is baptized by John. And then it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and remained. It didn't say a dove descended upon Jesus with the Holy Spirit. No, it says the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove, and it didn't just take off, but it, it remained. It rested on him. Okay, up until this time, throughout the scriptures, the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody to do something that God was calling them up to do or to prophesy something he was calling them to say, and then the Holy Spirit would leave. But this is the first time that we're seeing in scripture that the Holy Spirit came and remained. So he said, the one whom the Holy Spirit descends on and remains, that's the one who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So who baptizes with the Holy Spirit? Jesus. All right. So let me put up baptism. Let me just put it up another way. We've talked a lot about it. Let me just simplify it. Three baptism is essentially salvation, right? You're baptized into the body of Christ is salvation. Second baptism is the water baptism. A disciple baptizes you in water. Doesn't have to be a pastor. Doesn't have to be the, the main leader in the church. No, it can be any disciple can baptize people in water. And then the third area, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. 
And I want to encourage you, if this is fresh revelation for you, go and read through the book of Acts, okay? We're, we're kind of like Acts 29. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. We're kind of like Acts 29 in it, okay? Okay, in 28 chapters of the book of Acts, every time that people got saved, they were water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit. The only, the only one that kind of got it a little backwards was the Gentiles in, I want to say it's Acts chapter 10. The Gentile believers got saved. They were water baptized or excuse me, they got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, then they were water baptized. So they kind of got it flip-flop. My wife was uh, the same way. And so the book of Acts, so let's read. I'm going to take you through the book of Acts. I'm going to show you a bunch of the scriptures that reference this, okay? Acts 2, 37 through 38. We've been talking about this. This is like a staple, this is a staple scripture that teachers and preachers use when they're teaching on the Holy Spirit. Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, he preaches, and after he preaches, in verse 37, it says, now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. They Conviction. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Okay, so they, they, they feel this conviction. They're cut to the heart. They say to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter says to them, repent, salvation, okay? Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Three baptisms right there, okay? Repent, that's the baptism into the body of Christ. That happens at salvation. Be baptized, every one of you. You're water baptized by a disciple in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the third baptism, okay? Now, it's, it's a gift. Now, some people ask, is, is tongues... Tongues, the gift. When I get the Holy Spirit, I get the gift of tongues. Tongue, speaking in tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit, but the gift is the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was just in Texas last week and uh, saw my father for Father's Day, so it was cool. Flew out there with my boys and spent some time with my dad. And when we were there, one of the reasons we went out there is my dad gave me his, his pickup truck. Uh, it's an older pickup truck, but it's in great shape, and I've always loved it, and he's known it, and he knows. I'm, I'm like, I'm the kid that's like, I got dibs on that. Like, so when you're done with that, I want it. You don't sell it. Don't get rid of it. I want it. And so dad yeah, is giving us uh, his pickup truck, and, and, and my boys were like, as soon as we got it, my boys were like, oh, this is my truck. River's like, this is my truck, dad. Well, I'm going to drive before August, so this is going to be my truck. And I'm like, well, no. And August is like, no, that's not. You'll get some other car, River. I, I want this truck. I can put a surfboard in the back of this truck. I want a truck. Every guy needs a truck. I'm like, guys, come. we haven't even driven out of the driveway yet. Like, but when my dad gave me the truck, he didn't say, here's the truck, but you just get the engine. The engine is the truck. Or just give me a steering wheel. Or one of the seats. No, he gave me the truck. When God gives you the Holy Spirit, he gives you the truck. Like he gives you the whole, the whole thing. The Holy Spirit, it's for you. I want to encourage us, receive that. As we begin to go into the summertime and we do more in-depth teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the function and flow of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. By the way, there's nine primary gifts of the Holy Spirit. I find it's no coincidence that there's nine primary fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit of your life, you'll never have the character to sustain the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It'll wipe you out. So you need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 2.39, we'll go there. The promise, 
Remember Jesus, before he goes away, he talked about the promise, remain and wait in Jerusalem. The promise is coming, the promise, the promise, the promise. Well, in Acts 2, we just read, the promise comes, the Holy Spirit comes. And then Acts 2.39, for the promise is for you, this is Peter talking, the promise is for you and your children and for all. Does it say all there? Or am I crazy? It says all. All who are afar, far off. Everyone. Everyone? Everyone. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls him to. So who's for everyone? Who's the promise? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit's for your children. So Peter's up there telling all these people that are getting saved. The Holy Spirit's not just for us because we were in the upper room. No, the Holy Spirit's for you. The Holy Spirit's for your children. The Holy Spirit's for your family members that aren't even at this gathering. The, the Holy Spirit's for all these people that are way off that God's going to draw. We're some of the way offs. I don't know about you, but I was way off. And I was drawn in by the Holy Spirit. I was saved. I was water baptized. And I was filled by the Holy Spirit. Everyone, everyone can receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now let's jump into Acts 8. So you go through Acts chapter 8, verse 12. So people are starting to get saved. The church is growing. The church is going into different places. People are going and establishing churches. There's church planters being sent out to go establish a work of God. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 says, When they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Okay, that's a water baptism. So they, they heard the good news. They come to Jesus. They have the salvation moment. Then they're baptized in water, both men and women. Verse 14, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria, the Samaritans, the Samaritans were dogs to the Jewish people. When they heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. They're here. So Peter and John are like, whoa, there's revival breaking out in Samaria. What should we do? They're like, Peter and John, you guys go. So Peter and John go. Verse 15. So they come down and they pray for them. What did they, what did they pray for them? They prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 16, or eight, chapter 8, excuse me, 16 through 17. Now check this out. So they pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? For he, being the Holy Spirit, had not yet fallen on any of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were saved, first baptism. They were water baptized, second baptism. But the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on them. In other words, they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, pause. Some people say, well, yeah, but it says fallen, or it says received, or it says baptized. Why is that? Great question. Um, I went in to get a coffee the other day, and as a person's taking my order, they're sharing with me all these cool things about the coffee. And they, they described the coffee and said that the coffee had like notes of cherries and hints of cocoa and all these. And I'm like, wow, in my, my you got that from the coffee? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I want it black with cinnamon and a little bit of oat milk, right? You know, because I'm not doing dairy because I'm on the 75 hard. So I'm like, I, just a little, and, and that's what they got. Now, when I drink it, I'm sorry. I'm not getting cherry. I'm not tasting cocoa. I'm not tasting your Brazilian whatever leaves that were, I'm, I, I'm, it's a black coffee that's like a light medium roast, I guess, you know, like, like I'm not a sommelier of coffee, right, like I'm not that guy, so I'm like, you know, so they described it one way, 
I would describe it a different way. You, you might describe it a little bit different way as well. So when you read throughout the scriptures, don't just, just get discredited based on the verbiage that was used to describe it. If you drill down, and I wanna, cha- I wanna challenge you, go and read through the book of Acts, drill down. You're gonna find every single person who came to Christ, they were water baptized, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 8, 16. So the, the Holy Spirit had not been uh, fallen on them yet. And then verse 17. And then what happened? What'd they do? So you, you got saved and you're water baptized? Cool. Let, we're gonna teach you some doctrine. Uh, we're gonna do some outreach courses and help you guys go plant churches. No. What did they do? It says that they laid their hands on them and then what happened? They received the Holy Spirit. So they sent from Jerusalem to Samaria the apostles to do what? To hear their testimony, to make sure that they were doing well, and then they said, you had not received the Holy Spirit? Come here. And then they laid their hands on them and prayed for them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the way, Acts chapter eight, one year after the day of Pentecost, there's a teaching that's out there that said, well, it just happened on the day of Pentecost and that was it. And the, and the tongues was just used to communicate the gospel of Jesus into different people's language. And I'm telling you, that, you, that, is, not, that is not what the Bible teaches. Okay, Acts 19. So here this is. Now get this, this is 24 years after the day of Pentecost. So I showed you Acts chapter eight. That was one year after the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now we're 24 years down the road. I mean, look back in time. We're almost in 2024. Do you remember 2020? Do you remember, like, Y2K? Like, the world's going to go dark. Nothing's going to work. Everything's going to be erased. There's going to be this power surge. And we all bought it hook, line, and sinker, and we stacked up on a bunch of generators and lamps and lanterns and food and, you know, you know patriot food that would last, like, 500 years in a box in your garage, right? That was, like 20, that was almost 24 years ago. So 24 years has passed now since Y2K, okay? 24 years has passed since the day of Pentecost. And then Paul comes into Ephesus, and he finds some disciples. Check this out. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. This is the start of the Ephesians church. There he found some disciples. What what did he call them? Disciples. What did he call them? Thank you very much. Disciples. So they were not unbelievers. They were believers. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you, when you believed? And they go, we've not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. He's like, what? Oh, man, i got to set some stuff straight. This is, this, is, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He wrote 13 more books in the Bible than you did, okay? <laughs> and any Bible teacher you've ever had. The Apostle Paul. Okay, like this guy was like the church planner of all church. He, the, the guy that wrote Romans. You want a deep theological book? Chew on that one, right? The one who planted churches and raised up leaders. And Paul, Paul is the one who's saying this to them. He's like, okay. So then he says, into whom you were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. So they were water baptized. They were repenting. They were getting right. They didn't, they didn't even know about this. And so Paul says, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That's Jesus. So John the Baptist is baptizing people, pointing them to the Messiah. The Messiah is Jesus. Jesus comes, says, no, 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 you're, you need to be baptized into Jesus. So on hearing this, verse 5, 
they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were water baptized. Who baptized them in water? Paul, okay? He baptizes them in water in the name of Jesus. And then when Paul, verse 6, had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. This is 24 years after the day of Pentecost. So they get saved. They're water baptized. And Paul didn't go, great, awesome. Just wanted to make sure you guys are doing good. You good? Good, great. Okay, cool. I'm going to go plant some more churches. No, no, no. Paul knew that if they were going to walk and live out this Christian life, the type of persecution that was coming their way, because he was one of the persecutors, he's like, dude, there's guys that are coming at you. You are going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. He saw it was so important that he did not stop. He didn't do anything else. The first thing he did, you need to be water baptized in Jesus now. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit now. So Paul lays hands on him, and he prays for them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. There's such incredible power in the laying on of hands. We're not going to go into it today. It's one of those doctrines that Hebrews 6 talks about with the, the elementary doctrine of the laying on of hands. But there's, there's blessing. There's impartation that happens through the laying on of hands. It's, it's in you say, just by touch, yeah. You, you, you can see this throughout life of human history. When a baby is not held, the power of touch the, the baby doesn't feel that sense of confidence that they would have had had their mother held them as family members came and held them. There is blessing that God hardwired into humanity that comes through the laying on of hands, so much so that people fought for their father's blessing. And the father wouldn't just say it, he would lay his hands on it. My question today is, when was the last time someone just laid their hands on you and prayed for you? When was the last time you just came up for prayer and said, I just want to receive more of you, Lord. I just want to receive from your Holy Spirit today. And you just let somebody put their hand on you and pray for you. I was so blessed last week when I was in Texas seeing my family. Saw one of my best friends there. And we had a morning workout session, 6 a.m., which was like 4 a.m. my time. Um, he's this big Russian dude, and he's just wild. And so he's making me do this horrific workout that made me want to puke. And then afterwards... We had prayer time in his garage, and as we're praying together, the Holy Spirit fills the room, and literally my big, massive, like 250-pound, just stud of a friend begins to weep in the presence of God as he's laying his hand, praying on me as I'm sitting in a chair. I'm telling you, all of us need to be in a position of humility where we allow somebody to lay their hands and begin to pray over us. Blessing flows. First John 5, 7. 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, okay? So Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. When you uh, throw that baptism slide up, the next one. So uh, the three baptisms, salvation, you'll see uh, the word blood that's written there. Jesus is also the Word. So we see when it says that there are three in heaven, there's the Father, there's the Word, the Holy Spirit. The Word is talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh. Okay, so when you, when you see blood throughout the Scriptures, that is oftentimes pertaining to salvation. And then, obviously, water baptism and Holy Spirit. 1 John 5, 8. Now watch this. So that just, you know, John wrote, this is what you see in heaven. Now he brings it to earth. So then he says, there are three that bear witness on earth. Where? On earth. The three are the spirit, the water, 
and the blood. These three agree as one. So he's pointing there that there's the, the three baptisms. He's saying there are three that bear witness on the earth. The spirit, the baptism of the spirit, water, that's water baptism, and the blood, which is pertaining to salvation. So somebody gets saved. Let me just give you an example here. So I got saved. This young man had a child outside of wedlock, not walking, not living right, not living for God, and I get saved. I have this moment, okay? I experience the first baptism. I'm baptized into the body of Christ. Awesome, incredible. Then I went to a church and I received teachings that said, you, you're gonna live for Christ now? This is what the scriptures say. Now you are gonna be water baptized. And let me teach and share with that. And we did a whole nice teaching on that a number of, about a month ago, if you wanna look it up. And so now, then I was water baptized after that by a disciple. And then I received a teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest with you, I was too embarrassed. And I'm not a guy that gets embarrassed easily, but I was just embarrassed to go up and receive prayer. So I went home to my own prayer closet and I took all the notes that the teacher was teaching. I took all the notes and I started looking up scriptures. And I'm like, okay, God, if this is real, I, I, I want it. I want all that you have for me. And I'm going to press through my mind and what my three-pound brain understands, and I'm going to engage your Holy Spirit and ask you, God, if you have this for me, I want to receive it. And so I began to read over all these different scriptures, and it just kept coming back up, coming back up. And I asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I was. The three baptisms. You're saved, salvation, blood of Jesus. You're water baptized by a believer. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 10.1 says this. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. So Corinthians, this is Paul writing, and he's talking to them, and he's sharing to them from the standpoint, he's, now he's bringing up Moses, okay? Throw up that next slide, the three baptisms. So salvation, you'll see the word blood that refers to salvation. Water, you'll see the word sea in different scriptures of Paul writings that's pertaining to water baptism. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was referred to as a cloud, as fire, and oil, okay? So I want you, I want you to remember this slide. We're about to kind of dive into it, and then we're gonna land the plane here today, okay? So, in the Old Testament, there was, God foreshadowed things in the New Testament. Throughout the Old Testament, you see God foreshadowing, and for hundreds of years, there's practices and things that they did that all pointed to Jesus, pointed to water baptism, pointed to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this is one. So, Christ, in the Old Testament, Moses was a type of Christ. Moses led them out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery, that was their, their salvation experience, okay? So he was a redeemer that God used in that moment. Moses is looked at as a type of Christ, and then Christ fulfilled all righteousness. Okay, so we just read 1 Corinthians 1, okay? And now we're in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 2. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So all were baptized into Moses, so Paul is, he's bringing this up for a reason. He's not just doing like, you know, Old Testament survey doctrine class. No, he's bringing it up for a reason. He's saying, you were all baptized into Moses. Well, in the New Testament, we're baptized into Christ. In the cloud. Who's the cloud? The Holy Spirit. And in the sea. What does the sea represent? Water baptism. Just in that one scripture alone, Paul, the guy that wrote 13 more books of the New Testament than you and I did, 
he's talking about three different things. He's liking it to the three different baptisms that happen at salvation, water baptism, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we showed a picture of the tabernacle. And the tabernacle in the Old Testament was the portable church. So they did set up, tear down. God would say to move. He would move. He led them by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, okay? So he leads them, and they would set up their portable church. And the portable church had a door. There was only one door, okay? I want you to see the correlation and the foreshadowing, okay? There was one way in. You could, you could not get in. The goal was that you would go through this, and you would get into the holy place, and then just past here, was the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where it said the presence of God dwelt between the cherubim over the Ark, okay? So there was the door. Jesus is the door. He's the only way. He said the only way to the Father is through me. You can't get there any other way. You can't believe in Muhammad. You can't believe in Ali. You can't believe in Buddha. Everybody, no. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. I am the door, okay? So for hundreds of years in the Old Testament, they followed a pattern that God gave to Moses on a mountaintop. Moses came down, and he led them. He said, this is what God's telling us to do. All of this is pointing to what we're talking about today. There's one door. These are the outer courts. And then you would walk in, and then you, there, you see right there, there's a sacrificial lamb. Hmm, I wonder what that is. And then there's the brazen altar where they would sacrifice that lamb. What does that point to? Salvation, right? First baptism, Okay. And then what was next? They would go to this device here that was called a laver. You would wash in the laver. And actually, when you looked into the laver, it was made in such a way that it was a mirrored bottom so it would reflect you in the, in, in, in the basin of it. And you would wash, and you were, it was reminding you of the sacrifice that was paid so that now you can come and walk and be washed and enter into the holy place. But there was one last thing that you had to do. You would have, before you enter in here, if you were the priest on duty that day, if you were the one called up, you had to be anointed with oil. So you had the altar where there was the sacrifice, blood. You had the basin of water where they would wash. And then you had the anointing with oil. I wonder what God is doing here. He's pointing to salvation, water baptism, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. All right, so I want to encourage you, don't go through life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people would say, well, do I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, but let me flip the script on your question. Why wouldn't you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Why wouldn't you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? If God has something for you, if all this scripture that we're reading today is true, and it is, why wouldn't you want it? It was so important to the New Testament believers, and you take a look at the New Testament church, it's exploding with signs and miracles and wonders and healing and salvations. Whole families would get saved and baptized. I mean, it's just wild what was happening. And it happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll have Kara just join me up front. You can play keys as we close here today. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Paul thought it was so important. He said, he was talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he was sharing about speaking in tongues. And he was giving some correction and some teaching on it uh, because some people were getting off. Like, they, they, were, they were getting a little unique. They, they, they were getting weird, and God designed it to be beautiful. And, and Paul, he tells them, you know, don't do this, do that. And it's kind of a heavy rebuke. But then he goes and he says this. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. What? He says, Yeah. 
Because he knew that by speaking in tongues, by praying in his prayer language, he said, I do that more than all of you. That's how Paul was able to do what God called him to do. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in your prayer language, it builds and stirs up your faith. We're going to do another teaching on this, but the, when you watch and you see people that were saved and they Paul laid his hands on them in, in Acts 19 that became the Ephesians church, when he laid hands on them, so he, they were saved, they were water baptized, then he laid his hands on them, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Paul saw that so important that he wanted all of them to do that because he knows that when you pray in the spirit, you build up your spirit man. When you prophesy, you build up your friend, your man, your people in your life. You build up the church. The spirit of prophecy is a testimony of Jesus. It builds up the church. So tongues builds up your spirit man. Prophecy builds up the church. Doesn't tear down. If you see people prophesying, tearing people down, they're prophet lying, man. So tongues builds up the, edifies the individual prophecy edifies and builds up the church. I just want to encourage you, study it out. Everyone in the book of Acts that were saved, they were also water baptized and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, so Paul in Acts chapter 19, he helps to, there's some disciples there, sets them on the course and then their little church begins to grow from 12 to many more. And the Ephesians church grows and then later on in Paul's writing, he actually wrote a letter just to them. And he tells them this in Ephesians 5.18. He says, man, I want you guys to be filled with the Spirit. I thought they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were. This, this word filled, the verb tense, if you actually look it up, it actually means to be continually filled in the Spirit. And maybe you're here today, and man, you feel like, man, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I haven't really prayed in my prayer language for a long time. I... I would just encourage you, have some time this morning before you leave, receive some prayer. Let us lay hands on you, bless you, and pray that you would be refilled. And if you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you throughout this entire series. If you would like it, I'm telling you, it's a gift from Jesus. Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptized you into Christ. A disciple baptized you in water, but Jesus himself wants to baptize you in his Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us as we close today. Jesus, we come before you and we just say, Lord, we want everything that you have for us. And I thank you, Jesus. You do the baptizing in the Holy Spirit. It's not the working of men. It's not based on what any one of us are doing it's based on what you're doing in our midst and we get to partner with you. And God, I pray, Father, that those that are having a desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that they would encounter you in such a beautiful, real, tangible way. God, I thank you that prayer language is beautiful. It's the language of heaven. It's what you originally, we learned English growing up, but our spirit was made to speak directly with you in a spiritual language. I thank you, God, you created a spirit, soul, and body in that order. And so, God, I pray for the Holy Spirit to touch the spirits of every person here under the sound of my voice and that there would be a stirring in the Holy Spirit. There would be a sensing in the Holy Spirit this morning. 
God, we thank you. Thank you for moving in our midst. God, we just ask you, Jesus, would you baptize us today? Baptize us today in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us that we would have a a prayer language, that we would prophesy. Baptize us in your Holy Spirit today, God. Come on, if you're hungering right now and you're saying, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just stand to your feet, and I'm just going to pray for you from right here. God, I pray as we stand to our feet, God, we're asking Jesus, would you just baptize us? Baptize us in your Holy Spirit. Fill us fresh today. Fill us fresh and new today. I pray that we would be overflowing with your Holy Spirit right now. Right now, right now, right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're the God who answers prayer. That you said, if if we desire a good gift from you, would you give us a stone instead when we ask you for bread? No. Jesus, you said that talking about the Holy Spirit. We just ask you right now, baptize us fresh in the Holy Spirit. And as we open our mouth, as we give you praise, as we pray, I pray that our heavenly language would flow today, God, right now, in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Lord. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.